WXGI Richmond, WTPS Petersburg. This is Dan Levitard. Catch me and Stugatz every weekday from 10 to 1, now on your FM dial. It's the Dan Levitard Show, weekdays 10 to 1 on 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. Races powered by the Racing Biz, your independent voice for racing and breeding in the Mid Atlantic. On the web at theracingbiz.com. On the radio on ESPN Richmond, it's off to the races. Here's Nick Hahn. And here's Frank Sinatra. say now happy belmont stakes day we got a triple crown race in front of us this afternoon thanks for spending your saturday morning with us on off to the races a very busy show this morning today on off to the races julie crone first female jockey only female jockey to win a triple crown race in the belmont stakes you heard that in the opening with colonial affair back in 1993 Julie Crone joins us in about 10, maybe 12 minutes or so here on Off to the Races. Also on today's show, Frank Vespi back again to talk about racing in the Mid-Atlantic and his thoughts on the Belmont Stakes. And then we're going to do a little bit of an extended segment. We don't give these guys enough time because they always seem to be in the back end of the show, but we're going to give them uh, plenty of room to close on this year's Belmont Stakes. We'll go horse by horse with Derby Bill and Mike Barone giving picks not only on the Belmont Stakes, getting their thoughts on the Belmont Stakes, but also on the other stakes racing in New York on Off to the Races. Alicia Keys and Jay-Z, I have to tell you, I'm not much on modern music, but I like the sound of... Uh, that empire state of mind, I think, is is what it's called. And uh, it, I appreciate them introducing us into the show this morning. Happy Father's Day weekend, by the way. You know, it's kind of interesting. We mark the calendar in horse racing based on stake states, these traditional stake states. But it's, of course, with the pandemic uh, upon us, that stakes calendar has changed. So it's a little awkward to say happy Belmont Stakes and happy Father's Day weekend to um, to all the fathers out there. Not typically on Belmont Stakes Day, but um, kind of makes us a little disoriented with, uh, with the calendar. But happy Father's Day. One thing we did learn on Off to the Races about two weeks ago, trainer Michael McCarthy and jockey Trevor McCarthy are not related, but... Trevor McCarthy's father, Mike. Michael McCarthy, a prominent rider up in Delaware, Delaware Park. Welcome back to racing. And Penn National coming back to racing as well. But uh, let's maybe touch on a little bit of Virginia bred news uh, and Virginia racing news. It's going to be a little bit more busy. You're going to see a little bit more uh, activity picking up as we're 37 days away from opening day at Colonial Downs. 
without fans, unfortunately, but July 27th. So a uh, little bit of news. Let's kind of touch on the Virginia news here to start the show. Um, the There will be a Virginia Racing Commission meeting 11 o'clock on Thursday. It will actually be held in the Colonial Down structure. And the racing um, meeting is the first one of the year. Uh, they haven't had an ability to meet, but they have to kind of, most of it's administrative, certain approvals uh, that are required uh, under the uh, Racing Act in Virginia are on the agenda. There are a couple presentations uh, that will be done. If you intend on going to the meeting, prepare, be prepared. Face masks are required and temperature checks will be required as well. So um, any news coming out of that meeting we'll have next week on off to the races also um there we had racing last week in virginia without fans the middleburg spring races were held and uh, the feature race the fifty thousand dollar temple guathney was um an exciting race it had a lot of horses uh, passing each other and um let's maybe recap the race here will o'keefe the track announcer will give us the stretch run of the fifty thousand dollar temple guathney Moscato on top, Belisarius races closest to him in second place, but it's Michael Mitchell and Moscato all alone in the stretch, romping home the victory here in the Temple Guathrie. Just because there weren't any fans there doesn't mean there wasn't any Moscato there, uh, as you might expect behind the rails. But inside the rails, it was Moscato coming back to win the Temple Guathney once again, a grade uh, three steeplechase event, just like he did last year on the soft going. Uh, congratulations to those connections. Jack Fisher, not a surprise there in the winner's circle again with Moscato. And um, congratulations to those connections. Next week, There'll be more racing as the Virginia Gold Cup returns to the racing calendar. And the, um, the Gold Cup, of course, will be without fans. The entries are up for the Virginia Gold Cup. The uh, just kind of taking a quick look at them. There is at the moment, I think these are still open. I'm not exactly sure. But the uh, featured race, the $40,000 Virginia Gold Cup, has currently a field of eight. But it le it's led by Jack Fisher again with a loaded triple entry. And he actually has another one, too. So um, we'll have a uh, report on the Virginia Gold Cup next week. An interesting race on that calendar is the Steeplethon, which is where they go over timber and go through puddles and everything like that uh, it's it's a very interesting race i think it's one of i want to say maybe the only race like that held in virginia or, or in uh, in the country but i'm not sure about that it certainly has one of the higher purses so uh, i'm sure you'll be able to catch that nationalsteeplechase.com to um to follow up on if you want to watch those races but um We'll have a report on the Virginia Gold Cup next week. So uh, also on the, uh, just kind of a note, some Virginia breeding news, kind of typical of the Virginia racing industry. It's been said many times on this show that Virginia is known for their quality of horses, not their quantity of horses. Uh, while we don't breed them like we used to in Virginia, uh, we do still produce a lot of winners. And that was kind of, exemplified last Sunday on June 14th where there were only two Virginia breads race racing on racing calendars throughout the country and they both won uh, American Dubai gets a win at Rio Doso Downs uh, for a 25 the Rio Doso Sprint handicap $25,000 purse congratulations to those connections American Dubai bred by Mrs. Oliver Islin um, Gets the win there, trainer Rodney um, Richards and the jockey there, uh, Enrique Gomez, gets the win there. So congratulations on that stakes win. And then a little later on, up at Woodbine, uh, Day Deniu got the win in a $123,000 purse uh, up at Woodbine. And congratulations to those connections. William Backer, a revocable trust, the breeder, and... Uh, 
Kimura Kazari Kimura as the uh, jockey there. So um, congratulations on those connections uh, winning up in Woodbine. Very typical of Virginia racing. We we do have the quality here. We just need to up that quantity a little bit more. So um, just some opening notes. Also. Um, the Shenandoah Downs meet will not have uh, live, will not have wagering uh, when it starts running as it's slated for. I want to say that is September, October. Daryl Woods got to help me there on the dates there, um, as I'm not in depth as is into the harness meet as he is. But uh, no wagering up at Shenandoah Downs. But uh, I mean, very nice scene up there. Um, up in uh, Woodstock, Virginia, uh, a staple of that county fair, and uh, but unfortunately they will not have wagering this year, and that's um, of course an impact of uh, of the pandemic as well. So, um, big day here. Uh, Tis the law is the morning line favorite in the Belmont Stakes. We expect. Uh, that race to go off. I think I saw 5:32 is the official time, uh, but tis the law six to five in the morning line. Don't count on that if you're going to the window. I think that number is going to get beat down a little bit. Four or five lifetime uh, in his career, winner of the Florida Derby, and certainly a a presence, a large presence in this ten horse Belmont field that uh, had a couple of late entries going into that. But again, we'll have more handicapping with Derby Bill and Mike Brown later in the show. We're going to head to our first break here on Off to the Races. When we come back, we'll speak with 1993 Belmont Stakes winning jockey, Julie Crone, the Hall of Famer. You're listening to Off to the Races on Racing Biz Radio. The weather's nice and you're thinking, I've had it up to here with being cooped up in the house. Then get yourself out and take us along. If you've got your phone, you've got us. Listen to our live stream at ESPNRichmond.com. VirginiaHorseRacing.com Across Virginia, from the Tidewater to the Shenandoah Valley, from the summer thoroughbred season at Colonial Downs in New Kent to the fall harness meet at Shenandoah Downs in Woodstock, from steeplechase meets like the Virginia Gold Cup at Great Meadow or Foxfield or Middleburg, or Montpelier to point-to-point race action on VirginiaHorseRacing.com. Find them on Facebook. It's a great resource. In addition to live races, Virginia residents can wager horse racing online seven days a week via four Virginia Racing Commission-approved industry partner sites. TVG.com, ExpressBet.com, TwinSpires.com, and NYRABets.com. Find out more at VirginiaHorseRacing.com. Everyone's loving what Diamonds Direct is doing right now. It's the best stimulus plan ever. Five years, zero interest financing on any purchase with no money down. It's Diamonds Direct's way of helping you make your money go further as we all look forward to better days. Just pick any item in Diamonds Direct showcases. Get the amazing value price you know we're known for. Make no down payment and spread your payments over five years without paying a dime in interest. That means a $6,000 designer ring is yours for just $100 a month. This makes everything more affordable at a time when we need it most. Rings, earrings, pendants, bracelets, bands, colored gemstones, designer fashion jewelry. Take the price divide by 60 and that's your payment you can even finance the sales tax celebrate summer celebrate life celebrate love with diamonds direct's most spectacular offer ever five years zero interest with nothing down now for a limited time on approved credit diamonds direct sure pump west broad village with thousands of locally owned napa stores across the nation chances are that wherever you call home we do too So as America starts opening back up for business, and as more of us start getting back out there again, we'll be in big cities, small towns, and everywhere in between, doing what we've always done to help keep our local communities moving forward. So whether you stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, Auto Care Center, or visit us at Napa Online, you can count on Napa Know How. 
Save big at the South Park Carpet and Flooring Outlet, the largest locally owned and operated flooring store in the area. Choose from the massive selection of carpet, sheet vinyl, luxury vinyl, and tile plank in their 24,000 square foot showroom. Get 20% off all in-stock carpet. At South Park Carpet and Flooring Outlet, they buy in bulk to offer you lower prices for the same quality brands. On the Boulevard in Colonial Heights, call 804-520-2763. Online at South Park Carpet. Hey, this is Tugach. Join me weekdays 10 to 1 on the Dan Levitard Show. Now on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. Now as the field turns for home, it's Cherokee Run driving on the lead. Colonial Affair appears there on the outside. And Colonial Affair, Julie Crone, riding for her life now as they come down toward the final furlong here in the Belmont. Wild Gale is there kissing Chris with a late run on the extreme outside. And they're coming down to the wire in Colonial Affair. Julie Crone, the first woman to win the Belmont. She wins by two. In the mile and a half Belmont Stakes. That was Colonial Affair at nearly 14 to 1. A bit of a surprise on that rainy Saturday at Belmont Park to win the Belmont Stakes. A big win for um, for uh, racing and the fact that Julie Crone is the only female to win a classic even still to this day. Uh, and certainly uh, very competitive, the Hall of Famer there. And uh, on that rainy day, she's stood in the winner's circle speaking with Jim McKay. And let's just kind of get a quick clip of her comments after the race. This is the longest stretch I've ever come down in my entire life. <laughs> and it just seemed to keep getting longer and longer while I was in front. But luckily for me, um, he was a wonderful horse, and he just kept getting faster and faster. That was Julie Crone then, and here she is now joining us on Off to the Races. Julie, thanks for spending some time with us this morning. It's my pleasure. It's a great, great time to go back over that part of my life, and oh my gosh, to live, live it over again and hear it, everything. It was just very fun. Thank you. It gives me chills to hear. I, I was not <laughs> involved in racing as much as uh, I was just kind of diving into it at the time. And um, not very involved at racing at all. It was just a little bit before that golden era. We had so many Virginia breads that were performing well, even in that year with Sea Hero winning the Triple Crown. But uh, uh, Colonial Fair, big winner there. Uh, before we get to what you're doing now, let's let's kind of stay there at the moment. I mean, what were your thoughts on the race? What were your thoughts on the moment? We heard a little bit of it then, back then. But you know, reflecting back, uh, you know, what what were your thoughts on? Colonial Affair uh, himself. Well, and like you said, a wonderful West Virginia, uh, Virginia bread. Sorry about that. Virginia bread. It's like so cool to have him win and then have that be bragging rights forever. And uh, yeah, so, well, kind of interesting with Colonial Affair, he was training as a two-year-old. And literally when he was a two-year-old, we would all say stuff like, oh yeah, this is him breathing and we'd be, I'd announce the Belmont and stuff like this. Like, like I always had in my mind that he was going to win the Belmont and down to such a point that when um, he was developing as a two-year-old, I had to go out of town for Scotty for another horse um, and it was the race that Colonial Affair was supposed to kind of break his maiden, you know, he raced once a short distance that he just couldn't even get going and then he raced again he raced again and he had um, blinkers on because he got a little lost in his first race. He like, you know, he was a big, gangly, kind of slow learner and he was kind of like a horse that like was just came into himself slowly and you had to do everything like two or three times before he would he would understand it, you know? So Richie Migliori, it was uh Colonial Affairs a two year old, Richie Migliori is one of my best buddies and if you guys hear him do any commentating on racing you'll understand that he has such a an understanding of racing and how horses think and he's just my best buddy for horses and so I said to him hey Richie do you want to break the maiden because Connie O'Fair hadn't broke his maiden yet break the maiden of the horse that's going to win the Belmont next year and he was like heck yeah and I want to ride him in the Belmont I said no but you can break his maiden <laughs> so needless to say I gave Richie like a billion directions that day you know like go pet him in the post parade and trot him this way and you know silly 
silly attention to details. Richie came through, Colonial Fair broke his maiden, and went on to win the Belmont. And so every single thing, it was the craziest thing with him getting there, starting with that race, like everything that he did seemed like it was always something that was just moving him forward. Like if if he ran a race and he was like third or fourth, it was like, oh, this is why, you know, he got tired or he got, he got lost running at the horse. And like one time we put blinkers on him and the next time we, he was more fit. Um, and then when finally when the Belmont came up, it was, again, it was, everything was perfect. Uh, he breathed perfect for the race. He it had a little water on the track, which he just loved. He loved that globby, hard to get through surface. He was just such a beautiful horse, like just so strong and big stride and, just amazing so yeah that was like the whole story going up to the belmont uh, i had a lot of confidence and i really felt really close to him you know and that was funny too when he was a younger horse um especially for all the horsemen out there that have horses like this and he was kind of like the baby classic baby huey and i used to kind of complain to randy randy schuhoffer would like be like i don't want to get on him he tried to buck me off and then he like he would rear up and then he would come down from the rear up and he'd like He'd stumble. <laughs> so he'd be like having fun. He'd be like, oh, this is going to end bad. But he was like, because he was so gangly and coordinated and stuff. But but it was what, what a fun journey to have him go from that stage to this big, tall, strong horse that could win a race like the Belmont like he did, you know. It was a pretty fun thing to share with a horse and, the, and with Scotty in the barn and Centen. It's they're just amazing, that whole operation. You, you mentioned the jockeys, and I'm, I'm just kind of looking at the results chart here. Um, I mean, just uh, you mentioned uh, Richard Migliori, but there was Lafitte Pinkai and Kent DeSormo, Jerry Bailey, Chris Antley, Eddie Maple, Jacinto Vasquez, Shane Sellers, Jose Santos. I mean, that is a a tough crop to be uh, Mike Smith. There's there's so many uh, jockeys. I mean, that's, that is a tough class to be to be riding against. I'm going to ask you a question here. I know you've been asked asked this question several times, but I think the answer is 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 still very important. Um, you know what? Back in 1993, and and you know when you started racing, there were obviously impediments for being a female jockey for you to move forward. Um, I mean, tell us about that. Well, you know what's kind of cool? I saw a picture of Don Little Senior, right? I saw a picture of him smiling in the Belmont Winter Circle picture, and I thought to myself, I was like, oh my gosh, that guy, when Scotty presented the fact that I was going to ride Colonial Affair, that guy never even flinched, Don Little. He's like, great, great, that's wonderful. Okay, what else? What race are we going in? What are we doing? So as far as Scotty and Don Little was concerned, I'm just a jockey. They had no gender attachment to that whatsoever. Like, me being female did not disqualify me from being capable of riding Colonial Affair and winning the Belmont. It wasn't even an issue. And when I see that man's smiling face to this day, not only was he one of the most dynamic, amazing people I've ever met in my life, I've never seen a guy be able to light up a room like he did. And people just wanted to follow him. People wanted to be... They wanted to have horses with Centennial and stuff, and Don Little Jr. has the same, like, the whole Centennial thing is just such a beautiful, fun, wonderful thing. So, yes, there was some, you know, uh, adversities that I faced because of my gender. However, uh, in this circumstance, it was not even, it wasn't even thought of. It was, and it's like it is, it's silly, you know, it's not, it's just ridiculous at this point to be separating that. We know by now that it can be done. And we know that um, it's up to the individuals. You know, it's not. It's not one person doesn't define the other people. Absolutely, uh, well put. And and you know, just kind of at, at that point in your career, I mean, you were proven. I mean, uh, you, you weren't that proven, but you had had a couple of good years leading up to 1993. Uh, you know, coming into that race. Well, tell us now a, a little bit about. You know what you're doing now, and and um, you know you're kind of you, you kind of disappeared from you know the public spotlight as much as you could uh, for a little bit, you know, as part of uh, of you know being part of a family. But you know, tell me, uh, tell us a little bit. You know, a lot of people kind of curious what you're doing now. Yeah, I was. I'm my I have a daughter, and she's 15. Wait, she's 14. She'll be 15 this summer in September, and. 
really liked, I just really dug being, I just really dig being a mom. Um, we homeschooled, and I was really active in theater, because Laurel, I like theater. And I did props, and I've got some awards for, like, um, I got theater awards for, like, uh, costumes and set pieces and stuff like that, and group awards and individual awards. And the most part was it was just so fun to share Lorelai's theater career with her, you know? The, the, we have a theater in, in, in California. That's where I live in San Diego, and it's called Carlsbad Community Theater. And that's where I spend most of my time, and I'm on the board. Um, I'm a board member, and I do costumes. Um, and it's just so fun. I'll have this for the rest of my life, the image of my little daughter back, you know, backstage in the wings, getting ready to go out on stage and hit her mark, you know, and whether she's a third tree on the left or the main character singing, like, you know, some <laughs> major song by herself. It's, theater is, to me, almost a lot like racing, where the people, they're, they're my kind of people, you know, they, they invest in in the event, and it's big, and it's huge, and everybody's together, and there's so many people doing different things, and... Um, and I think it has a lot of the qualities that racing had, and I, and I literally, after about two months being around the theater people, I was like, oh, these are my people, like my racetrack people, you know, they have the same, a lot of the same qualities of giving 100% to what they're participating in, you know? So now, yeah. um, I was at Del Mar this summer, and I met this dynamic girl, her name is Sharon Peterson, and she's an amazing little jockey, horses just love her, they run for her, like, so cool. Um, when I saw her, I think I, I was under, you know, I was kind of like, I saw a couple of things that I said to her. I said, you know, two things. Number one, California racing was just having a really hard time during the, you know, during some stuff that went down at Santa Anita and things like that. So for, to be an apprentice jockey during that time was just disastrous. It was like literally, you didn't even, the main riders aren't even riding. You know, how was an apprentice jockey ever even going to get a chance? Um, so we came to the conclusion that she would just, you know, stop her bug and she, she did some continued learning stuff. Um, she's a certified veterinarian and she graduated from UC Davis. And now during her time off, she did some extended learning and she's an acupuncturist too. And underneath her head is just this person who wants to ride racehorses. And I have never been around anybody that, other than myself. That it's almost unmeasurable, her desire to ride, and and I just loved everything about her, and I thought that if we worked together for a little bit, and I tweaked a couple little things, like her upper body strength, and and really got into, like, watching races together and talking about horses and, you know, how races develop and stuff, um, and so that's what we did. We spent six months together, and she... she did a lot, a lot of weight training, and we did, we watched movies and videos. It was kind of like a, um, you know, when she wins the Kentucky Derby someday and she's out there, the story is going to be pretty cool because of how she became to be a jockey. And I'm 100% behind her. She's talented. She's likable. She's a hard worker. And I'm going to be her agent this summer at Monmouth Park um, and wherever else. I hope we get there to your guys' beautiful racetrack. Um, yep. and uh, come on out there and win some races. And it'd be crazy if I end up with like an an, appren an apprentice champion or something this year. That would be pretty cool. But I yes, have a I'm, feeling. I, I have a feeling you two are going to go far. Uh, you know, having just that inside knowledge, she may actually know more about the inside of a horse <laughs> than <laughs> than her her trainer at the moment. But uh, exactly. what you. You touched about Colonial Downs, and uh, you know our brain trust uh, uh, here reminded me this week. You know Mike Brown and Derby Bill of the time that you came here to Colonial Downs, and kind of just even the circumstances. If you do show up this year, and we really want to see you down here, uh, I can assure you you'll have uh, proper transportation when you when you <laughs> arrive. Tell us tell us about what you remember I about think, it's racing funny here. I didn't, I didn't remember that like like. I have a funny, I have a funny memory, like, I remember a lot of happy stuff and a lot of races and a lot of horses, and sometimes I just have this knack for, it's a personality trait that I'm, I'm so happy I got. I just didn't, I don't remember, like, difficulties and stuff, you know? But anyway, that day, I kind of recall, somebody was supposed to pick me up, and I'm like, calling, I'm calling, like, where the heck are you? I'm gonna be late for my race, I gotta get to the jockey's room. 
And they were like, oh, I went to the wrong track, and we went to the wrong, oh, it was a disaster. And I'm like, oh, how am I going to get there? And I think I recall there was somebody going to the races that was like, like walking through the airport. Like an owner or something was just getting, and I was like, oh my God, can you give me a ride? I was like, and they were like, come on. And I was like, oh, how lucky was that? I was like, phew. Yeah. The, it was terrible. The backstory there is that uh, the driver went to the wrong airport, I believe, went to the New Can oh, Airport yeah, instead of going to the airport. Richmond Airport. I probably told him the wrong airport, okay, or my agent, Larry, 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 Certainly enjoyable, and we certainly hope that Farron becomes part of this colorful colonial history of, you know, female jockeys have done very well at Colonial. It's been a good, you know, stand for Rosemary Homeister and Rose, uh, Rosie Napravnik started here. Jennifer Steisted had a good, even Katie Cruz had, you know, an exceptional meet here. So we hope to see uh, you and Farron this, this summer, whether it's... Uh, in the grandstand or on TV, we'd love to see at Colonial Downs. Well, thank you for that beautiful invite. Great. Hopefully, hopefully, ride them as you find them, but hopefully it all works <laughs> yeah, out. Ride them as you find them. <laughs> Thanks for spending some time with us on Off to the Races. We're going to break, and a great interview there, Julie Crone. Much, much obliged. Uh, heading to break on Off to the Races. When we come back, we'll speak with Frank Vespi. You're listening to Off to the Races. The Raptors, the 2019 NBA champs. For the first time in their history, the What's going on with the NBA and NHL? Are there going to be playoff games? How many teams will make it in? Which players will actually play? Where and when will they play? You want sports back? We want sports back. The celebration is on! So listen for the latest on Sports' return on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. When you need auto parts, O'ReillyAuto.com is just a few clicks away. We offer convenient options for you to get your parts quickly. Order online and pick up for free at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. We'll even bring it out curbside. Or you can have your parts delivered right to your door with free shipping on most orders over $35. Visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Walgreens, we know summer may look a little different this year. That's why we've made it easier to enjoy the moments you do make with new ways to shop. With shop online and pick up in our drive-thru, or quick same-day delivery on select items with Postmates, you can keep summer going. This week, find great deals like buy one SunCare item from your favorite brands like Banana Boat, get one 50% off. Walgreens. Offer valid with card while supplies last. Restrictions and exclusions apply. See Walgreens.com for details. You've been loading up on things from Walmart? Yeah, I used my Capital One Walmart Rewards card. I earn 5% cash back on everything I buy at Walmart.com. Say what? 5% back. Say what? 5% back. Say what now? 5% back. With what? The Capital One Walmart Rewards card. I earn unlimited rewards, including 5% cash back at Walmart.com. What's in your wallet? Terms and exclusions apply. Capital One N.A. Hey, this is Buzz with Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue. Craving that wood-cooked barbecue? Brisket sandwiches? Buzz and Ned's patio is open. We have easy ordering on our Facebook page, telephone, or third-party order delivery services like Grubhub, Uber Eats, and others. Two locations at Broad and Parham and Arthur Ashe Boulevard. Our staff will be ready and waiting Check us out on buzzandneds.com. Do not hire Franklin and Sons Electrical. The guy told me he'd shrink my monthly bill, and I'm like, dude, it's too small to read as it is. No matter how hard you work for your small business, online reviewers will find something to complain about. Then he's like, where's the circuit breaker? I'm like, bro, I didn't break anything. And while Progressive can't save you from these trolls, we can help you save money on commercial auto and business insurance. He told me I had a blown fuse. Uh, It's called a short fuse, and yes, I do have one, so watch yourself. Get a quote online today at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliated and third-party insurers. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at ESPN Richmond. Keeping you up to date 24-7. We're 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. And we're back on Off to the Races. I'm your host, Nick Hong. 
Great interview. You know she's a firecracker. Julie Crone uh, spending some time with us on Off to the Races. Great interview. I could do an hour. I could do an hour with her. Uh, almost did, as it was. And uh, But now joining us is Frank Vespi of theracingbiz.com. Frank, thanks for uh, spending some time with us this morning. Hey, happy to be here. Nick, how's everything? Everything's uh going well here a nice interview there with julie crone it's belmont stakes day we got uh six stakes races up in new york for the belmont stakes a nice feature out at churchill downs as well but let's uh let's focus on the mid-atlantic a lot of tracks coming back to life uh, albeit without fans uh you know tell us what's happening in the mid-atlantic this morning yeah, as you alluded to, uh, Charlestown had opened a few weeks back, and then Laurel opened, and then this week Delaware Park opened on Wednesday. They had a uh, really nice card, and they're, they're back at it today. They've they've been so far so good in, in terms of filling races there. Penn National opened last night. Parks Racing's opening on Monday, and then uh, July 3rd, Monmouth Park reopens for live racing so everybody's kind of finding their way and feeling their way in the face of the coronavirus but but they've been able to tracks have been able to open up even though many of them are still going without fans um but so so we're starting it's starting to feel like normal life again a little bit at least in the racing world yeah you mentioned the fans delaware park racing uh, actually with limited fans and protocols in place um you know got to be encouraging for horsemen to see opportunities like this we don't see we see it like in the staple steeplechase all these horses coming in for the virginia bread or the virginia steeplechase races because there's nowhere else for them to race but now you're starting to develop some options in the mid-atlantic yeah that's exactly right and and uh <laughs> That's kind of what the Mid-Atlantic is famous for, is options. There's, I think there's uh, 11 tracks within, you know, just a few hours' drive of each other, and, you know, in Pennsylvania and Maryland, West Virginia, and Delaware, New Jersey, Virginia. I mean, soon enough, Colonial Downs is going to be back at it. So options is, is what the Mid-Atlantic is famous with. But you alluded to the fans, and kind of a cool scene. I talked to a couple people uh, who were... Uh, at uh, Delaware Park when when it opened on Wednesday and and you know you had actually a line of people waiting to get in that's partially because there were the coronavirus protocols but but kind of cool to have a line of people waiting to get into the track on a Wednesday that's not something we we see all the time so that was pretty neat yeah, usually it's a line trying to get out of the track, but <laughs> but no, the uh, saying man, my last dollar is gone. Now what? <laughs> Looking to the racingbiz.com, a couple of interesting stories there with BBB and uh, of course the Delaware uh, opening, but uh, no Lasix two-year-old races in Maryland. Uh, you know, tell us maybe a little bit about readers can expect about that story. Well, it's kind of an interesting story. The the Stronic Group, is, as your listeners might know, uh, has have implemented has implemented uh, no Lasix racing for two year olds in in California. They have Santa Anita and Golden Gate Fields there in Florida, where they have Gulfstream Park, and now they've said they're going to do it in Maryland. But it's a little trickier in Maryland uh, for two reasons. One is. You know, their other tracks are sort of off on island somewhere. I mean, if you don't want to race at Gulfstream Park, your uh, options are pretty limited. You know, you got to go someplace else. But in Maryland, we're surrounded by racetracks, as we were just talking about. You know, if you if you don't like the spot for your horse at Laurel, well, you go to Delaware, you go to Monmouth, you go to Parks, you go wherever you want. There, there are a lot of different places. So one issue is is that. Maryland over the last several years has always worked in concert with the other tracks in the region to promote a regional approach to medication. Can't do that if, you know, if the Stronic Group's just coming in saying, well, this is what we're doing. The second issue is Maryland has regulations that, uh, state regulations, which have the force of law, that permit the use of Lasix in certain circumstances, specifically if your vet says your horse needs it, if the state vet is aware of it, and if the owner declares it. And the the Racing Commission took the position last year that 
if you want to have LASIK free races, you got to come through us. There needs to be a regulation change to permit this, and that has not yet happened. So this issue figures to come to a head based on my conversations with people at the Racing Commission meeting, which is taking place um, this upcoming week, June 25th, Thursday. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. The Stronach Group is portraying this as a safety issue. It's not really a safety issue, but uh, and it's not going to solve the problems that racing is facing, but it's a thing that has some momentum. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out when it comes to the commission. Well, uh, a couple of commission meetings going to be very interesting here, and we'll be following them through theracingbiz.com. Frank, thanks for spending some time with us this morning on Off to the Races, and be well. Well, well, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, and uh, good luck, everybody, at the Belmont. Not sure you're going to beat too many favorites today, but got to give it a shot. Yeah, I saw that handicapping the races coming up. I certainly saw a lot of favorites are going to be tough beats here. So thanks again, Frank, and much obliged. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Frank Vespi of theracingbiz.com. As you may be curious, we led the show with perhaps one of the most famous calls in racing. We haven't talked that much about Secretariat and its Belmont Stakes Day. A little bit of a change here. Let's hear the call of Chick Anderson um, giving us the call of the Belmont Stakes. They're on the turn, and Secretariat is blazing along the first three quarters of a mile in 109 and 4 fifths. Secretariat is widening now. He is moving like a tremendous machine. Secretariat by 12. Secretariat by 14 lengths on the turn. Sam is dropping back. It looks like they'll catch him today as Mike Allen and Vice of Prince are both coming up to him now. But Secretariat is all alone. He's out there almost a sixteenth of a mile away from the rest of the horses. Secretariat is in a position that seems impossible to catch. He's into the stretch. Secretariat leads his field by 18 lengths. And now Price of Prince has taken second and Mike Allen has moved back to third. They're in the stretch. Secretariat has opened a 22-length lead. He is going to be the Triple Crown winner. Here comes Secretariat to the wire. An unbelievable, an amazing performance. He hits the finish 25 lengths in front. Certainly the definition of elite, certainly uh, what defines exceptional and perhaps even stand alone when it comes to sports. The 1973 Belmont Stakes, uh, Chick Anderson called it at 25 lengths. It was later determined to be over 31 uh, lengths in the Belmont Stakes. Secretariat, Oblig- ob- have to, I'm completely obligated to play that race call on Belmont Stakes uh, Day every year that we do the show. But I want to talk to a couple of handicappers that are um, been a staple of this show. Mike Barone and Derby Bill now join us on Off to the Races. Uh, Mike, good morning. Happy Belmont Stakes Day. Yeah, Nick, thank you. Same to you, buddy. And uh, Derby Bill also joining us on Off to the Races. Derby Bill, good morning. Best just moving my ass out of a cot. Uh, watching <laughs> a little, little uh, racing overseas on the NBC. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Derby Bill and Mike referring there. Maybe we'll touch on that first to go a little out of order as we originally scheduled it and talk a little bit about Ascot. I have not had an opportunity to follow, but uh, the, the meet in England where you see uh, just about everybody. Wouldn't it be fun to see Derby Bill in a top hat? Maybe we'll get him there <laughs> next year for the Ascot races. Uh, Mike, let's start maybe right there uh, with Ascot. Uh, I know you guys have been tracking it closely. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the what you've seen this week and what you've seen maybe even today. Well, it's, it's you know it's, it's an incredible meet. Obviously, this year, like everybody else, they're doing it without fans. But uh, the, it's, the one thing I noticed, and I mentioned this to you the other day, is that uh, you know over there in, in England, they certainly revere the horses a lot more than than the folks in this country. In, in my opinion, I mean, I you know certainly places like Keeneland and Saratoga, it's a little different. There's a lot of reverence for the horses there, but. Over there, it's just uh, I mean, the, ho- the horse is like the, m- the most important thing, and it's just 
it's incredible. We've seen some great performances this week. Uh, a couple, of, you know, horses by the name of Circus Maximus might show up here for the, in the Breeders' Cup. A sprinter called Batash might do the same, and then there's a horse over there called Stradivarius who won his, the third the third time. This horse has won the two and a half mile Gold Cup, and this time he it seemed like he won the race by about a mile. He looked like Secretariat coming down the stretch in the Belmont. And the other cool thing is that Wesley Ward, you know, a, a great U.S. trainer, always sends horses over there. And, and admittedly, he has not had his best year this year with with uh, two-year-olds. But now he today, as Derby Bill knows, Der, he he got a win over there today on one of his two-year-olds, and he had he's had two seconds, so he's had a good meet. And of course, Graham Motion had a really nice horse called Sharing that ran today, and, and had a very nice run, finished second. So. Yeah, it's it's been it's been great, and Wesley Ward has sort of been the American leader in sending horses over there. He's over there every year, and I think he's he had like six or seven horses over there this year. So it's been a great meet as always. Yeah, it's it's, it's certainly entertaining. Derby Bill, how has Ascot treated you? Yes, it's been a cup of tea and uh, little muffin. Um, very good, and I would accept an invitation to sit with the Queen over there because the Queen of England is one of the biggest supporters of horse racing. If we had that here in America, if we had that here in America, it'd be tremendous. I know she came over to uh, USA and visited horse tracks here when she comes. Uh, Stonerside was the big story today for me. Campanelle, uh, two-year-old, as Mike said, Wesley Ward's the king and the prince of two-year-olds in America, just like Bob Baffert's the prince of three-year-olds in America normally, except this week. Um, Stonerside had uh, Rachel Alexander and uh, Curlin, and today Campanelle, Campanelle, which we followed in Gulfstream, won a big race down there for Wesley Ward, got Frankie DeTora up, and most people have heard of Frankie DeTora. He's uh, got his 70th win yesterday in the Royal Ascot, just a monster that only shows up for the Breeders' Cup in America normally. But he's he had three winners today already, uh, Nick, uh, and all of them paid over $10, so... You know, if you were a smart person, you just bet on a jockey at Ascot, and you uh, had enough money for some uh, fish and chips. Yeah, uh, yeah, certainly uh, a, a wee bit more than a win for many there. You mentioned the Queen. I did see that she won a race uh, there earlier in the week. So uh, uh, congratulations to Her Highness there. Uh, let's turn a little bit closer to home with the uh, Belmont Stakes, a ten horse field, and um, we're gonna tr- we were gonna try and go horse by horse as we traditionally do here, but we may have to kind of skip over a few of these, or, and maybe you can bring up the ones. Uh, a little bit later uh, that that could pose a threat to tis the law but um mike maybe just uh some thoughts on the certain favorite tis the law six to five in the morning line four or five lifetime winner of the holy bull winner of the florida derby winner of the champagne stakes um you know just had that one setback on a sloppy condition at churchill downs um back in november uh first off just maybe your thoughts on tis the law and 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 you know his his resume coming into the race yeah well certainly he's got a great resume and um you know, you, as you had you had your guest on Jack Knowlton last week of uh, Funny Side fame. Um, you know, he's got Barkley Tag training this horse, and you know Barkley's one of those trainers that he always does right by the horse. So <laughs> you got that going for you. Tizzle, it, it, it's pretty simple to me. If he if he runs his race, he wins today. Okay, but as we all know, they don't always run their race, uh, and that's and that's what's you know what I see in this race today is that um, I think the one horse tap it to win. I think that. Uh, Johnny V is going to have him on the lead right out of the gate, and Tisdawa, as he usually does in his races, he usually likes to stock right off the leader. So I, I, I'm guessing that Tappet to Win will be out front. Um, Tappet to Win ran a very, very nice race a mile and a sixteenth on the Belmont track uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and now this is again just as a sixteenth further. But again at Belmont Park, a mile and an eighth is just a one-turn race. So. Tap it to win is definitely a threat uh, that cannot be overlooked. If Tap it to win gets out on that lead and gets an early lead, if Tiz Delaw is you know has an off day, Tap it to win might go wire to wire. But I think you know Tiz Delaw again if he if he runs his race, he wins it. He he stocks Tap it to win and he takes over at some point, wins the race. You're going to look for a couple of close the couple of closers. You got to certainly keep your eye on our Sole Valente that won down at Gulfstream Park from way off the pace. 
just a few weeks ago. And I think the number nine Dr. Post for Todd Pletcher will be uh, coming late as well. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to use uh, the uh, I'm going to use Tisdala in both first and second place with those three, the two, nine, and one, and a trifecta. Two nine and one in the trifecta there uh, from Mike Barone. A little correction I need to make: uh, running the starting gate piece, which runs uh, on ESPN Richmond, I've referred to the Belmont as being a mile and a sixteenth when it's actually a mile and an eighth. So um, I have to sort of own the mistakes I make, uh, uh, and that was certainly one that I made uh, on the starting gate feature this week. But um, you know, Derby Bill, tis the law. Uh, the Belmont is a mile and an eighth, as I've corrected, instead of the mile and a half uh, that it usually is, or the mile and a sixteenth that I tried to make it earlier in the week. What are your thoughts on on Tis the Law? Could this be, you know, you meant, it was mentioned earlier about Barkley Tag, um, you know, doing right by the horse, and we saw him here in Virginia with showing up, win the Colonial Turf Cup, and pass on the Virginia Derby because the three weeks didn't suit the horse's schedule. Um, but with the Triple Crown being spread out this year, tis the law with Tag, you know, doing the preparations here. He's a could he be like a Triple Crown threat? I mean, how how good are his chances? Yeah, as you know, Barkley is a uh, horse orientated more than most trainers. Uh, as you said, uh, he skipped the Virginia Derby, which was a million dollars back then, just to rest the horse and ran him in the Secretariat Stakes at Arlington. And he won the Secretariat Stakes in Arlington. So you can't argue with the need for a little bit of rest there. And this year sets up uh, with a lot of rest between uh, today and the first Saturday in September and the first Saturday in October. So it's spread out enough for this horse not to get battered and beat up in a mile and a half, Belmont, uh, the true test of champions is not this year. They come out of a shoot. People have asked me already. They're going to come out of the shoot on the backside, just like Colonial Downs has a shoot that they use for harness racing a lot. They'll come out of the shoot and, you know, make one turn. So, as Mike has mentioned, uh, the speed horse there, tap it to win. It comes out of the one hole. And if you remember a horse called Bodemeister, the Virginia bred, that came out of the one hole in the Virginia uh, Kentucky Derby that people never bet and say you're buried if you get the one post. Bodie Meister did it, got out of the one, and went. And I think Tappet DeWin's going to do the same thing. And you only have one turn to make it around. So if he gets the lead and breathes free, uh, like Mike said, he could steal the race from Tissa now. But Tissa now is probably the, you know, obviously the top pick here. Tappet DeWin right behind him. Uh, Dr. Post, I like uh, quality road horses. A couple of them in this race um, went from a maiden to stakes. And just the competition behind Tizzle, it's not quite up to the, the level of winning a grade one champagne and the grade one Florida Derby. So I'm still keeping Tizzle on top. But tap it to win. Dr. Post, uh, pneumatic, all about the same betting number and same chance in this race. I, I, I agree with uh, Brain Trust here. Tis the law if he runs his own race is wins. Uh, but I'm actually I put Doctor Post up, uh, hoping that Tis the law does not run his race, and um, I'm actually going to try and maybe steal the pot here a little bit with um, Doctor Post. But um, I don't really like my chances. But that's who I'm actually going to put you know my win ticket on in this race. Post time five forty two. Uh, on NBC today, but there are also plenty of earlier races here. Let's go maybe to the one just before uh, the Jiper, a grade one on the turf going six furlongs here, uh, a field of eight in this group. Uh, Mike, have your thoughts on the Jiper? I'll turn that one over to Derby Bill. I, I, didn't, I did not get to race nine yet. Um, the only thing I'll say oh, okay. about that race is I'll have a little... Uh, uh, I'll be rooting for pure sensation. And the horse now is, uh, I believe, nine years old. He, he, he's Christopher Clement horse. The horse um, loves Belmont Park, so I'll have a little rooting interest for him in there. Um, I'm sure he's going to be one of the you know favorites, but it looks like a pretty loaded field from what I could see, but I haven't really looked at it really close. So uh, he's kind of a sentimental pick for me today. He's a big gray that uh, always seems to run well. 
He, he's won a few races for me in the past, and I almost put him on top. He's uh, running this uh, race before, uh, finishing third back in uh, 2018 in the uh, Jiper here. But I, I, Steubens is a horse maybe uh, to take a look at here coming into this race. Maybe half his age uh, there as a, as a four-year-old, but also getting some attention. Derby Bill, the Jiper here. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Jiper? Yeah, this student source you're talking about, Doug O'Neill from the I'll have another uh, celebration you had at the Kentucky Derby one year. Uh, solid train coming into the West Coast. And Louis Saez won three races yesterday, just red hot. This jockey come 20 to 1. He comes in second and he wins three races. Uh, just on fire, almost like an Ortiz brother uh, riding this horse. So I really like Steubens in this race. Uh, there's no, no horse over 10 to 1, you know, except for. Loon List, who's like 50 to 1, a kind 50 to 1, like Jungle Runner in the Belmont, where we might see our first 100 to 1 odds in the Belmont on Jungle Runner. White uh, Loot Twist gets a hunt tag in this race. But I'm going with your horse there, and I like Steubens a lot in this race. So Steubens to win. Yeah, that's the uh, ninth race, part of uh, five other graded stakes races. Kind of an interesting card here at Belmont where you have um, like a stakes race, especially early on. And it's, it's a little uh, atypical, especially in New York, where the purse money has been so sensational that you usually see like ridiculous fields uh, uh, going to the gate. But you see on the card today a, a lot of short fields, a lot of overwhelming favorites. Uh, Mike, what what else may have caught your eye uh, on the Belmont Stakes card? Have you um, – is there anything – you know, like the second race is, is a grade one. You know, let me see if I can turn to it quick enough here. But the, the, Woody the Woody Stevens. Stevens. Yeah. yeah. I mean yeah, – yeah, what Go I was going to say is you, you talked about the uh, the card. It, it's typically on Belmont Stakes Day. It's typically Belmont Stakes and the Travers Day at Saratoga are typically two of the best race cards that you'll see, ever, except for Breeders' Cup Day. Um, you know, it's a little unfortunate because it is Belmont Stakes Day. It's a decent card. I'm not going to lie. But you typically you would have eight or nine stakes today, and, and, and you'd have... There's none of those really, to me, ultra-exciting horses outside of the Belmont Stakes itself that you usually see on Belmont Stakes. And it's because of, obviously, because of the virus and everything that people have had to put up with. You, you, you mentioned Race 2. Race 2 is a the Woody Stevens. It's a five-horse field. But to me, you, you could make a very strong case for four of the five horses. So it's, even though it's only a five-horse field, it's still going to be a very interesting race. And you, know, you got a lot of that today. You, you have another very short field. Uh, actually, actually, there was... Um, I think another another stakes race, a turf race that only has five runners as well. And I think you have Sweet Melania will be the favorite in that race. But again, she can be beat if you if you look at the races. So it's there's some short fields, but I think there's going to be some very interesting uh, interesting betting opportunities even despite the short fields. Yeah, the wonder again is uh, the race, and I do a lot of my handicapping. I try and do it without the odds being on the page because I just like to sort of catch it real so to speak uh don't i, I don't want to look down and see like the the odds and have that impact the judgment of who i should run to because most people do at the end of the day and 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 you mentioned that uh woody stevens is that's exactly the you know i came up with four horses i couldn't really separate them derby bill any other good plays on the day at belmont park today we got just about a minute or so here <laughs> It's always interesting to find follow the acorn or get hit not hit by acorn this time of year. And you know I like to stir pot, and uh, instead of stirring the pot, I like to stir some pot up. The acorn here, number three uh, for the Phillies, heading to the Kentucky Oaks later in the year. The story there, the storyline there is Bob Baffert, who's uh, lost all his uh, three-year-olds to uh, later on in the year for the big race, the Belmont. He has Gamine in this race even money to win and Bob Baffert's biggest uh, chance to win a race this, which is a shocker in itself on a Belmont day but I mean um, Michi, like Mike said there's only seven horses in this field and none of them are over uh, 10 to 1 so very competitive for exacta and trifecta players uh, as you guys have mentioned though it's not the stellar field that we've seen in the past 
almost all day long, pretty evenly matched, and you don't have a lot of locals for some reason getting into the race here. I guess it's because of the you know, COVID situation. So you make the best of what you can. Play some pick threes, pick fours, pick fives. Pick whatever you can, Nick. Good job, boys. Uh, really appreciate your handicapping there, and happy Belmont Stakes today. Good luck. Uh, we're going uh, want to thank everybody that was on the show. Julie Crone gave us a great interview. Um, want to thank, of course, Mike Brone, Derby Bill, Frank Vespi. We'll see you next week on Off to the Races. Mitchell, great job. Appreciate the job you did for us today. We'll see you next week. From the G Law Firm Studios, your personal injury attorneys. 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. WXGI Richmond. WTPS Petersburg.